welcome to the Valiant Central Podcast with me, Martin, and joining me on this very special episode. Finally, at long last, I get to talk to senior editor Heather Antos. We're going to talk about Exomana War. We're going to talk about Shadow Man. We're going to talk about Valiant. And of course, the recently announced book, The Harbinger, which I'm sure everyone listening is very excited about. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Heather Antos. Uh, Heather, what a pleasure. I've uh, I've been asking Greg to uh, get you to talk to me for forever because I've been a fan of yours for, for years now, and I'm glad that we're finally oh, getting well, a chance to you. talk. Yeah, no problem. No problem. He, uh, he, like I said, he's a good comic dad. So he's, uh, he, is. he, he, he is. likes to take care of his people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> For sure. But, uh, no, it, it really is a treat. I'm glad you're here. And, uh, like I said, I've been following your work for, for years now. And, uh, you've been at Valiant almost, what, two years now, right? Yeah, almost two years. It'll be two years. Uh, my first day was January 2nd. Uh, 2019. So it's pretty easy to to follow my anniversary. <laughs> nice. That's funny. That's my brother's birthday, January 2nd. Oh, happy yeah, that's early cool. Birthday. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, so how uh, how's your time been at Valiant over the last couple of years? You've uh, obviously you're a senior editor now, so you're you're in charge of a lot, uh, along with Lisa. Yeah. So how how's that been for you? You know, um, I, I will say uh, a lot of people have asked, oh, my gosh, you're senior editor. What does that mean? Like, what, what, <laughs> what's, what's it like? You know, and like getting a, I will say getting a promotion like that a week before a pandemic shuts down the entire uh, <laughs> globe is uh, very interesting. <laughs> I bet it is. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I still fully know what a normal senior editor role is like, although, you know, I, I feel like. We, as an industry, have definitely fallen into some semblance of normalcy now. But um, no, it's 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 truly Valiant is great. It's um, you know the the fan base is super super passionate, as all comic fans are. But there sure. is something special to the Valiant fans uh, that. I've just never experienced with any of the other fandoms that I've been a part of before, and they're so welcoming and uh, very protective. Uh, yes. and it's, it's truly just been a lot of fun to get to explore this world and explore these characters and grow with them and, you know, tell their stories and bring new stories to the fold. Uh, would you say that Valiant fans are worse than, uh, Gwenpool fans? Oh no, Gwenpool fans are the best. <laughs> <laughs> they have excellent taste. <laughs> that, that's true. <laughs> Yeah, actually, I uh, I came around to the character. It took me a little while because uh, you know at, fr- <laughs> at first it was kind of like one of these joke things, but uh, you know you gotta mm-hmm. have fun in comics, right? And and I think that's yeah, the cool like, thing. Comics that, are, are supposed to, supposed to be fun. Yeah, absolutely. People take them too seriously, especially Valiant fans. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, that's cool. That's good. I'm I'm glad to hear that uh, you're enjoying your time there. Is it is it very different for you working at Valiant than it was uh, at Marvel, for example? Oh, very much so. I mean, the two companies, yes, they do superhero comics, but that's, I think, where their similarities um, end. You know, um, yeah. Marvel is, uh, and that's not a ba- and it's not a bad thing. You know, um, they they the two companies have two very very different goals and two very different audiences. I think, um, but one great love for comics. What I love so much about Valiant 
is the fact that the company is, in terms of comic book publishing, still so relatively new and young um, that there is so much more left to explore and discover within the universe than, say, you know, Marvel and DC, who've been around for 80 years. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so we don't have to, uh, we don't have the, the, the mess to unweave of decades of weird continuity or reboots or, <laughs> um, you know, all of that craziness. Um, and, and, but we also don't have the same, as I like to say, toy box rules that we have to stick to. Right. A lot of times in your Marvel and DC and, and other IPs, uh, established IPs, you know, the good guys are always the good guys, right? We know that even if Captain America is a villain, he's going to be a good guy at the end of the day, and he's always going to be a good guy because he's Captain America. Um, you know, those characters are stereotypes and caricatures almost for a reason, and that's not a bad thing. That's the point of them. Um, is to have these sort of allegorical stories. But with Valiant, what I love is is the characters and stories are that of consequence. Mm. You know, um, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Um, the, it, it's so much more grounded in that, you know, as we see with, with I think Livewire is a great example recently, is, you know, a lot of people would say, she's a hero. Right. She's a hero, she's a hero, she's a hero. But even as we explore... In her own story, um, that Vidayala did a fantastic job with in exploring is, at the end of the day, Livewire was a villain, and she had to own up to that, and she's still owning up to that, and she's going to have to live with that and those consequences for probably a very, very long time to come um, and, and deal with how you know, the secret weapons kids look at her or other psyops or governments or other heroes. You know, we haven't seen how other heroes really think of her post Harbinger Wars 2. And and that's I, I love that so much about the Valiant Universe, about, you know, there are so many consequences to the actions of these characters and these stories that, you know, we just don't forget about in six months. Yeah, no, that's true. And uh and I think you hit a put a key thing that I like about the Valiant Universe is the fact that the characters feel a little more human, right? They're not just typical mm-hmm. superheroes doing the good thing. And uh, and I think Valiant's always done a really good job at kind of towing that line in between the two, uh, even with characters like Harada. And I guess this is kind of maybe segue into the Harbinger. But, you know, a character like Harada that always seemed like a bad guy ultimately had some pretty good motivations for what he was doing. Right. It's uh, maybe the, the means are a little unjustified, but he does have some good things that he wants to do uh, with, with his plans. And, uh, well, and I mean, all, all people say they have good things, the intention. Yeah, do, right? that's true. You, know, all, all villains. you ask any villain, <laughs> you ask Magneto, you know, what are these malicious plans? He's like, malicious, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, actually. But, you know, Magneto's a good example of that, too. And uh, I, don't, I don't know how much you follow, like, Marvel now, but they're doing something similar with Apocalypse uh, on the X-Men side. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's interesting to play with that a little bit, right? Um, because just having like a mustache twirling villain isn't really that exciting because, you know, in the end he's going to lose. Right. But what if you give him some, something that you can hold on to where you're like, okay, well I could see where they're doing that. Let me follow this character along. And that makes them more exciting. 
No, I, I don't disagree in that at all. And, um, and, and I think, I mean, Toyo, Toyo is an excellent example, you know, that, that of that is, you know, the characters and the Valiant characters all through and through every single one of them, they are so multidimensional. Um, I don't, there are very, very few Valiant characters that I think are just cut and dry. You know, I can just describe them with one word because of how multidimensional, you know, Toyo is. Mm -hmm. Toyo is, yes, a villain in Peter's story, but is Toyo a villain? I don't know. That's a very, very complex um, question because, as you said, he did do a lot of really great things for people. Um, He did a lot of very, very horrible things, (laughs) you know, know, kidnapping and, and, you know, um, I don't know, murdering people. Yeah, mass murder. I wouldn't put that necessarily in a hero category. but he is a very complex character, and, and, and that's through and through. I mean, Bloodshot, again, like started off as a villain, I think it's fair to say, and um, now he's one of Valiant's, you know, bigger heroes. But even he questions whether or not he's a hero, and mm-hmm. I think that's very relatable for readers. You know, a lot of times, nine times out of ten, we're going through our day questioning ourselves, is this the right thing? I don't know. Um, and imagine, you know, literally every single panel, you have to weigh life and death in your hands as these characters do. Right. Um, there, there's going to be some gut checking and, and I love that. I love that so much about, about this world and these characters and, and getting to explore it in some of the newer stories that, that are coming up, like the upcoming um, the Harbinger that was just announced, or even like you know new concepts like the Final Witness, which which we announced last sure. year. Um, it's it is I think those elements that make Valiant stand out so much more from other superhero stories. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the Harbinger then. So that's coming out next year. You've got an awesome team on this book. I love it. Uh, the couple of our pages that came out are fantastic. I love Robbie. Um, I'm curious how how you guys are taking Peter's story because he's he's kind of fallen a little bit into this Harada territory, right? I mean, even in the first arc of, of Dysart's run, you had him reveal some things uh, very early on, and this is supposed to be a, a superhero book, and yet you have this guy that's done some pretty terrible things. And and the character has grown and expanded a lot over the years, but what's what's the direction for this upcoming book? The biggest direction it, that I, when when I started talking with Jackson and Colin on the concept, was I want to make Peter confront his past. Um, you know, we've talked about, and it's been uh, prophesized basically in the Valiant Universe for years and years and years and years that that Peter is is going to be the guy, right? Like right. he's going to be the superhero. He's going to be the one. Um, and it seems like all he has done thus far is fuck up, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and he'll, he'll be the first to admit it. Um, and, and so, and, and I think, you know, a lot of that is he's been running away from who he is for so much of his life and, and running from these responsibilities and running from these consequences, but he's never really taken accountability and tried to right his, the wrongs that he's done or, um, that, 
you know, ripple effects of his actions have done. And, and so a lot of this series is, I wanted it to be focused solely on Peter. And that, that was my one, um, one mandate, if, if you want to use that word, uh, going in was, you know, I, I feel like we as a company have been doing Peter such a disservice by not telling just his story because we right. really haven't focused on just him since like the initial dice art run. Yeah. Um, and it's time. It's time to let Peter shine. It's time to let Peter tell his story, the story that he wants to tell, and, you know, forgive himself. Um, and that's a very hard and beautiful thing that I think is very relatable, especially as we see in these crazy times that are 2020. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, there's nothing like sitting at home for seven months to do a little introspection. Um, and I think it's safe to say Peter's been doing a lot of that and is ready, um, to be the hero that everyone wants him to be. You know, I'm curious during, uh, you know, a few years ago, and I know, you know, directions for, for books and characters change all the time, but, uh, you know, a few years ago we had this book of death event and a lot of stuff was talked about for the future of the universe. And, and I'm curious for you as a senior editor, how much do you keep some of that stuff in mind when you try to craft these stories? Um, because obviously Pete is, is a prime example of, of a character that should maybe go closer in that direction uh, than some of the other characters. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, there's, there's a lot of complexities, right, when, when you're editing, especially when there's so much said and done before. Um, but the important thing that I keep in mind, first and foremost, when it comes to coming up with new stories or continuing stories of, you know, the beloved characters is to really... Um, really hone in on those core values and core tenets of what makes, you know, what makes Peter Peter, what makes a valiant story a valiant story. Um, and that's so important first and foremost. Um, you know, would I love to be able to follow up on every single thread that has ever been right. laid down, <laughs> you know, previously? I mean, sure. Uh, but as a creator, I think that boxes us in yeah. Um, to tell stories that just quite frankly aren't relevant and don't really matter um, to the universe as a whole, you know, uh, and, and it's, it's, you have to weigh that, that balance of what's more important, telling this character's story or just being beholden to continuity. Sure. Um, and, and it's a tricky line. And, you know, do people get it right every time? Of course not. Absolutely not. We are all, we're all on the Internet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but, but, you know, I think so long as you, again, you stick to those core values of, of what makes these characters, these characters and so beloved, um, then you've got a story that, you know, fans are going, are going to love. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think sometimes the problem is when, when people see a story set in the future, uh, that's like really cool and exciting and, and says a lot about characters, uh, they're kind of like, okay, like this is what we should see now, and uh, mm -hmm. forgetting that you know it's a future story, so it could happen at any point, you know, in the next hundred years, say, of Valiant Publishing Comics. And uh, I, I'm glad that you guys don't focus so much on that, right? Because there's there's still 
um, a little bit of the the continuity of following what came before, but trying to make something new out of it. And I think that's ultimately what's more important than just following word for word what was established previously. Oh, 100%. It's it's like, you know, it's, it's saying, um, oh, I'm going to go on a road trip from New York to Los Angeles. doesn't mean I'm just going to go straight there. Right, right. You know, and it doesn't mean I'm going to get there tomorrow. It might take me six months. It might take me 12 years. And I might go all the way into Canada and figure out how to drive to Russia. This <laughs> might happen. Um, but just so long as I eventually get to that L.A. point. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like people, I think sometimes fans are so, as you said, they get so hooked on on these minute details. For sure. Or, or sticking points that they forget to enjoy the scenic view and all the fun adventures that happen along the way. No, I agree with that. Uh, tell me about putting this team together, because uh, I, lo- I love everybody involved in this book. Um, obviously, I think at Valiant, you got, well, I don't know, maybe this is probably true of like DC and, and Marvel, for example, too, uh, unless you're somebody like Scott Snyder that gets to pick who you want to work with. Uh, but tell me about putting this team together. Why Jackson and Colin uh, and why Robbie? Yeah, um, I mean, first and foremost, uh, oh my gosh, when I was told I would be overseeing Harbinger and, and Peter's future, like, Jesus Christ, pressure's on, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you have to, you know, it's, it's, I got, I got EXO, my first book, I got handed EXO, hi, you're following up Matt Kent, have fun, and then, oh, here's Harbinger, you're following up Josh Dysart, have fun, um, no pressure, yeah. uh, <laughs> that's tough, um, no, and it, it is tough, but, uh, you know, first and foremost, I read through the entire Dysart saga through and through, um, and th- there was a lot, um, as any Valiant fan knows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a lot, um, and I really just wanted to, you know, understand the character, understand his story, understand um, what parts of that story hadn't been told and different avenues of how we can move forward. And most importantly, um, as you know, Harbinger was picked up by Paramount, and right. so not only is it just going to be, you know, a story for the hardcore Valiant fans or even casual comics readers, like, it's about to become a much bigger name. Mm-hmm. And that, so whatever this book is, has to be accessible to not only those diehard, long-standing Valiant core fans, but it also has to be accessible to the casual comic reader or the person who saw the movie and, like, I don't know, I want to see what this book is all about. Right. Um, and so there's a level of freshness and, and um, I feel usefulness and um, a modern taste that, that we just needed to move a little, a little bit more towards to, to be accessible for that reader. And, but I wanted to, again, stay respectful for those classic fans. And there is no duo more ingrained in Valiant Lore than Jackson and Colin. Mm. Those two are such hardcore Valiant fans. Um, they have their own spreadsheets of all the characters <laughs> that they've done on their own. Like they did on their own years ago of the entire Valiant universe and from the 90s classics to the reboot to it. Like they, they know so much. Um, it's It makes my job very easy. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know? Um, but they, they love these characters and they love this story. And, 
you know, who better than to write a story for the classic fans than a classic fan? Um, mixed in with Robbie, who is such a punk rock, energizing aesthetic with his art. And if, if he was the first person that came to mind when it, when it came to Peter, because Peter has this like almost Akira-like energy and vibe and angst to him. Um, that you know, when we put this team together, I called this book Punk Rock Akira, and it, you know, you've seen. The <laughs> That's so funny you that, said that. You know? Yeah, I was thinking this. This is like a balls to the wall Akira, is what it looks like. That's, and that's exactly what we've been talking about since the very beginning. And, and, I, and, I, and I do. I think Peter and Akira, you know, there, there is a lot in common between the two. A lot of that deep-seated anger and jealousy and angst and those inner demons that he's battling. And we're doing something. Uh, we haven't teased it yet because you haven't seen any colors yet, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it and Greg can yell at me later. Um, but... <laughs> We're doing really cool things with the colors with Rico Renzi on the colors where when Peter uses his abilities, you know, it's going to read differently on the page with that cool um, sciatic color schemes and blasts. And, you know, the art is going to be just as much of a visual um, power play as the words are and as the story is. And it's just, it's so exciting and so different than anything that Valiant is doing right now or has done. And I, I love it. It's, it's a huge, huge risk, but I think it's super exciting. And if there's any character, any book to jump off a cliff like this with, it is Harbinger. Yeah, I gotta say that out of all the the stuff you guys have have announced and shown, this is the one that I'm most excited about. Um, just I think the art is beautiful. Uh, Robbie's got this like Sean Murphy kind of style that just fits this so perfectly, and uh, I'm I'm really excited to see where this one goes. I wasn't I didn't know about Jackson and Colin being such big Valiant fans, but that's uh, that's cool to hear as well. Um, oh yeah, they're they're super huge fans. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, no, that's exciting. I'm I'm looking forward to this one quite a bit. And uh, let's let's talk about some of the other stuff you got going on because this one's still a little bit in the future. Uh, you're also working on EXO, which just so happens to be my favorite Valiant character. That's what got me into Valiant. And uh, you know, we obviously you guys can't control publishing schedule when you have a, a worldwide pandemic, right? Um, but one thing that I talked to Matthew about a couple weeks ago when I had him on the show was kind of how how you guys are handling bringing out a, a second issue so far in the in the future from the first um and has that changed in any way how you guys are handling the production of the title um you know i can't i can't speak to marketing specifically um i do know you know they they definitely do have a lot on on their hands with all right, we got to convince people to buy number two like it's a number one, essentially, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I don't know how they work their magic. They're so good at what they do. Um, and, you know, I'm uh, – yeah, that's you – know, I, I, I can't speak to their jobs. I don't do them. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, but, you know, uh, it's – in, in, when it comes to editorial speaking, it's, it is my editorial philosophy that every single issue you should be able to pick up and follow the story without having read the issues preceding it. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think that is doubly so more important in XO number two's case because of the global <laughs> situation. 
that happened, you right, know. Right. Um, but you, you, you know, any any comic, you should be able to walk into any comic shop and pick up literally any issue of anything on a shelf, pick it up, and be able to understand what is going on and and figure out who the main characters are, what you know, what the conflict is, what the climax of the issue is, and get a sense of where it's going. Um, that's just good writing, in my opinion. Right. Um, and uh, you know. When when uh, Diamond shut down and distribution stopped, issue two was ready to go to print. So so it's been done and locked for goodness seven months now, however long it's been. Right. Um, and so you know we we went back and we revisited it just to make sure everything was super um, neat and clean and and all in a bow. But there really wasn't much that we could shift editorially from that standpoint you know it's it's more so just more important just to make sure that everything subsequent is super tight is super friendly for someone who didn't pick up number one but really wants to try it in case number one isn't available at their store um but again it's also super important and i think this this is more so on on retailers too to make sure that they do have number ones available um, just so they can have readers be like, hey, buy two. You know, issue two just came out. Here's one as well. Um, yes. And and it's that sort of um, marketing that Greg and Matthew are very good at. So no, that's, <laughs> Again, that's, I can't speak to their jobs. I don't do them. <laughs> that's fair enough. No, I just I wasn't sure like how you guys were handling in terms of the story side, right? If there's like uh, another pass going through on, on the second issue or being like, hey, since we haven't put out a book in eight months, let's see if we can do like throw this into it or whatever. Uh, but you know, I understand that if the book was done seven months ago, there's there's really not not a lot of that to do. You know what I mean? No, there there really isn't. And you know, that is one of the 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 perks of working at at a Valiant versus a Marvel or DC is is because we are such a small publisher, we can plan out so far in advance um, that. You know, I'll be working on books that aren't even coming out for a full year. Right. Um, and so because of that, like when when things when distribution stops because of the pandemic, like we we had so many issues of things in the can um, ready to go. It just became a matter of, you know, when is Diamond distributed again? When is it safe for shops to offer delivery or curbside? And, you know, what is a release schedule where we can you know, release comics and make sure shops aren't giving, getting overwhelmed with just too many issues from too many different publishers, um, but also make sure fans are getting the content and characters that they love. Very good. Uh, since you're talking about kind of postponing all this stuff a little bit, uh, let's talk about Shadow Man, because uh, I know everyone was very excited about this. Uh, Cullen Bunn's fantastic. Uh, he's, he's close to us. He's got a podcast actually on the network with us, uh, him and his wife. And uh, so we're all very excited for that. You have John Davis Hunt, who worked on one of my favorite books, The Wildstorm. Uh, what can we expect from Shadow Man? Because we were hoping to have it, and we don't, and that's okay. But now <laughs> uh, – go ahead. I was just going to say, like, trust me, no one is more disappointed than this book being postponed <laughs> than I am. Um, this is a book that I have been dying to do my entire career. Hmm. Um 
Colin and I go way back. We're both huge, huge, huge horror fans. And even when I was at Marvel together, we'd be like, let's do a horror book, let's do a horror book, let's do a horror book. And I just never got off the ground at Marvel. And then the second I came to Zalian, I was like, who's got Shadow Man? Dibs. I'm doing it with Cullen. We're making this horror. That's funny. Balls to the wall horror. Um, and that's exactly what it is. And, you know, and then John Davis Hunt, who's just one of the greatest storytellers of all time, just happens to be free um, and available and interested to work on this book. And if you haven't checked out John Davis Hunt's work, I, I tell, urge you right now to stop this podcast, <laughs> go to your shop, near shop, and pick up a copy of The Clean Room oh, yeah. um, by him and Gail Simone, which is one of, in my opinion, the 21st century's best horror comics. So good. Um, like, and, and that book is, is why I hired him for this, this project. It's so good. Um, and it's, it's, this is truly leaning into horror in a way that Valiant has never done and just storytelling in a way that, that Valiant has never done. For anyone who knows Colin, like no one does horror like Colin does. Um, and we're exploring Shadow Man and the dead side and what it means to be Shadow Man, um, in a way that we haven't been able to do in the past. And part of that is, um, one of my favorite things is we're taking Jack kind of on an adventure around the world to fight the dead side as it breaks through in Spain and as it breaks through in Arizona and as it breaks through in London. We're not just in New Orleans anymore. The dead side is everywhere and uh, she be mad. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Uh, I'm glad you brought up the clean room because that was uh, extremely underrated. It was kind of when Vertigo was having a little bit of a tough time uh, trying to relaunch some stuff, and it didn't work out very well. So a lot of people did not pick that up. But, yeah, good call. Good call in Thank clean you. room. Yeah, uh, it's an excellent book. <laughs> it is. Well, Gail Simone, hello. Uh, very good. Exactly. Uh, what uh, final question? Actually, I have, I have one big question and then one personally tailored to you. Uh, what uh, what exciting <laughs> stuff can you tease out without getting into trouble? Because Greg's still on the line. Uh, can we expect from from Valiant in 2021? Um, well, Shadow Man, of course, um, and the Harbinger. <laughs> um, no, and obviously, I mean, there's a ton of things on 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 the line for us. I mean, Exo Man of War is returning, as we know. Um, more Bloodshot, more Rye is coming soon. I'm not really sure when this podcast is airing, but I know we have a couple more announcements coming very, very soon, um, which are really exciting. And, yeah, it's it's just only getting bigger and better from here. All right. Taylor, to you. Will Uh-oh. there be a Penguin story in Free Comic Book Day 2021? <sighs> so... <laughs> <laughs> For anyone who follows me on Twitter already knows this, but I have in my back pocket a Penguins of the Valiant Universe pitch ready to go <laughs> whenever they'll let me. Um, so send your vote in, send your tweets, your your fan mail, <laughs> tell Valiant you want Penguin stories. I have it. It's ready to go. It's great. And I'm, and I'm not just saying that as a Penguin fan. Like I think it's legitimately clever, and it's probably dumb, but who cares? Who, who would be drawing your penguin story? Um, I mean, gosh, I can't, I, I can't tell you my dream because it would give away like genre and stuff. It's very genre. <laughs> okay, specific. fair enough, fair enough. 
Uh, very good. That, that's my last question for you, Heather. I'm going to let you get back to work. But uh, I, I do want to thank you for your time uh, because it's a treat. I, I've been wanting to talk to you for like, I don't know, when did I meet you, Greg? Like two years ago? So two years ago and uh, finally got a chance to chat. So I'm, that, that makes me happy. Thank you very much for your time. Well, I'm happy to come back anytime as long as Greg lets me. So we'll make him the, we'll make him the bad guy. There you go. There you go. Perfect. Thanks again, Heather. And that's going to wrap up this episode of the Valley Central Podcast. Thank you again for listening. Thank you to Greg Katzman, because he's the best, uh, for setting up the interview. I've been looking forward to talking to Heather for quite a while now, so I'm glad that it got to happen. And, of course, to Heather for her time. I hope you enjoyed it. You can, of course, find us on Twitter at the Great Magnet, at Collect Valiant, at Geekvine, and at Valiant underscore Central. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you on the next one.